smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. Depay! And he stretched it! Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still! Oh my word, what a goal! Golovin! Lovely finish! Must be the opening goal, Benedetto! And Bagnon, fantastic! Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta! Coming up on Le Bourgeois, Lille and Paris Saint-Germain's domination of the Trophée des Champions. As Checkers strike in Tel Aviv gets Jocelyn Gorvenek off to a perfect start. We're going to look ahead to the first round of the Ligue 1 Uber Eats season coming up at the weekend. We'll discuss the managerial revolution taking place in France at the moment. There will be no fewer than 11 new faces in Ligue 1 dugouts when the action commences. And we're going to put our panellists on the spot. We'll be uh, taking predictions. Who'll finish top? Who will flop? Who'll be the best signing? Top scorer? Who'll be the revelations? We'll be asking uh, Ian Holyman, who is with us again this morning. How are you doing, Ian? Great, Matt. Thank you. Good to, good to have you. And I'm looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts, and in particular, your predictions. Uh, Robbie Thompson, he's always good in, in the prediction game. How how are you, Rob? Thank you, Matt. I'm very well. And uh, I always consider myself as a disaster in, in, in predicting, but uh, <laughs> that's good. Maybe maybe you're trying to just butter me up to, to get me to take a few risks, get my confidence up yeah. and hold it all for the end of the season. There may have been a hint of irony in my <laughs> words, but um, no, you're, you're, you're good sometimes, particularly with the revelations, picking the next uh, the next big thing. So, um, yeah, have a think about that, Rob, and uh, we'll, we'll come to you towards the end of the podcast. But we are going to start in Tel Aviv. Uh, that was the location for uh, the 26th Trophée des Champions between the league title winners Lille and the Coupe de France winners Paris Saint-Germain. I had the pleasure of commentating the action. So, uh, without further ado, let's hear what happened at the Bloomfield Stadium. Well, Gorvenecker said he's not going to tear everything up and start again. He's going to try to build on the strengths of what was uh, an outstanding Lille team last season. And we can see there is still a very similar way of playing. Staying very, very compact. The wide players, Bomber and Luis Araujo defending extremely well. And Checa has just drilled in the opening goal from 20 yards. An absolute pile driver from the Portuguese and the French champions are in front. Diallo, space now. Here is Icardi. And he's done it. Or has he? The, uh, the whistle has been blown by the referee. The flag is up, and it looks like there's an offside. And the referee has blown the final whistle. So, Lille have done it, they have beaten Paris Saint-Germain. And for the first time in nine years, there is another winner of the Trophée des Champions. PSG's wonderful run of eight consecutive wins comes to an end here in Tel Aviv, Israel. Yes, so Lille celebrating again as they were a couple of months ago when they won the league title and a repeat of the 1-0 the scoreline that they secured over PSG at the Parc des Princes. It was um, a bit of a different contest this time around because Paris Saint-Germain were missing a huge number of, uh, 
of, of players. Uh, we don't need to go through the whole list, but uh, Skipper Marquinhos wasn't there, Verratti wasn't there, Mbappe and Neymar, Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos. In other words, some useful players were, were missing. Robbie has had a, a whirlwind uh, 48 hours. He's been to Israel. He's back in Paris uh, in the early hours of Monday morning for the podcast. Um, Robbie, how did, you, how did you enjoy it all? And uh, just tell us, first of all, uh, what you thought of the game. The game, I thought, was... I don't think it, I don't think it hit the heights, um, but I think it was a, a, a difficult situation for, for the two clubs to find themselves in. It hasn't been an, an easy pre-season for, for either team in terms of results. I think it's just uh, a couple of wins for, for Paris Saint-Germain against third division opposition, a lucky one against Augsburg, and, and just one win for Lille as well in, in pre-season. Both teams arrived on the evening, on the eve of the match, in the evening, before the game. Neither side trained in Tel Aviv before the match either at Bloomfield Stadium. So... You know, I don't think expectations should have been too high for the first game of of the season. We know it always takes a little bit of time for teams to bid in. I don't think it hit the heights, but I think probably Lille deserved it of their of their victory just in terms of the fact that they looked solid enough. They look as though, despite losing Mike Mignon, their their goalkeeper, Leo Jardim didn't have too much to do, but defensively they were very solid. They restricted, they limited Paris Saint-Germain to, to very few clear-cut chances. And uh, and the goal was an absolute cracker from Checker. It only takes one little split second, one little lapse. You don't close a player down, and when you have the quality of the French champions opposite you, they can they can punish you, and that's exactly what what Checker did. So uh, you know, deserved victory for for Lille in a in a game that was played in front of twenty nine thousand people. It was a, a full house in Israel. It was very very hot um, and good good experience. Whirlwind tour for myself 36 hours there and back and uh starting to feel the effects a little bit and i didn't even play (laughs) (laughs) well robbie we'll talk a little bit more about the event itself and 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 the atmosphere in just a few moments but um ian if we look at the game perhaps it's not such a big surprise uh to see Lille sort of continuing where they left off uh, last season a new coach in jocelyn gorvanek but he's stuck certainly for the time being, with exactly the same formula. They went with a 4-4-2, Jonathan David and Burak Yilmaz up top. We saw those two wide men, Jonathan Bomber and Luis Araujo, working so hard, tracking back and uh, and and helping this fantastic sort of defensive block that, that Lille have. So perhaps we shouldn't be so surprised that Lille got the win. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I, last time I read the news, Lille had changed coach in the, in the close season, hadn't they? I mean... It, it was nice of Gorvanek to to say that this was partly Christoph Galtier's win. I think it's more like that this was partly and very partly Jocelyn Gorvanek's win. I mean, this was this was classic Leo, wasn't it? There was no there was no real difference from last season. It was very similar actually to the league games that these two sides played last season. Paris Saint Germain, admittedly, you know, under strength. That there's there's no doubt about that. But um, Leo were just incredibly solid. I mean, it, it's it's so they're so well drilled. Do, do they even need a coach? Is the question. They're, they're so well organised. Andre Fonts, Burak Yilmaz. I mean, Yilmaz has, has barely had any sort of preseason, and he still looked like the Burak Yilmaz of of last season. Um, Tester Kilo Navas, 
but I thought Lille were well worth well worth their win, and and they've shown that they're going to be you know a pretty tough um, proposition in Ligue 1. I, I do think when we'll come to this a bit later when we make the season predictions that the Champions League will be a real stretch on that squad. Leo Jardim, yeah, it's difficult to say. He, he was tested by Draxler sort of in the first half. Didn't have a huge amount to do. Didn't look that comfortable actually with the ball at his feet. Um, I think that Leo will still be looking to try and bring in a goalkeeper and and make that to make that back line even more solid still. Yeah, I, I heard actually on the way back um, uh, when Jose Font went through security, uh, the the buzzer went off and he actually had to take Icardi out of his pocket um, in order to, <laughs> to, to, to go through. Uh, Jose Font and, and, and Sven Botman, absolutely, absolutely superb. I mean, Font is going to be 38 later this year, but I mean, he looks so, so hungry. He looks in, in, in great shape. And and they do have that defensive platform. The question, Robbie, um, I think for Lille fans is also going to be what's you know what's going to happen between now and the end of the transfer window. For the moment, they've only lost Mike Menon and Boubacar Soumare, um, but they do still have financial problems, um, and by all accounts, they 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 do still need to sell. So there is suggestion that Renato Sanchez and perhaps one of Bomba um, or Ikone, maybe even both. Will will go. So you know it, it is hard to make predictions, and it is hard to read perhaps too much into, into into Lille winning this without wanting to take anything away from the fact that you know this is their first trophy de champion. It's a it's a great result for them, but uh, maybe Lille fans shouldn't get too carried away. Yeah, I, I I think you're spot on, Matt. I I was there and I chatted to a few people and I had my ear close to the ground for Le Bourgeois and. Um, and heard some things from from good sources that would suggest that we haven't heard the end of Lil's woes uh, off the field. I think they're doing great things on it, and I think, and I think probably when you look at Olivier Leton and Sylvain Armand's track record in 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 recent times, whether it be since taking over at Lille on the pitch or what they achieved at Rennes as well, they are good people to have in charge. But I think the financial situation of Lille. We haven't heard the end of it, and they do have to sell, from what I from what I gather. Um, and there will be departures between now and the end of the transfer market. So I hope this isn't as good as it's going to get this season for Lille. But I think uh, the I, I think the situation is is not great um, off the pitch for Lille. Um, and just to to bounce off a little bit on the the thing about Jocelyn Gorvenek, uh very quickly, yeah. Uh, I think it's a danger. He's come in and he said, "Look, when things are things are have gone as well as they have, you don't want to change everything. I should keep going." And yes, Galtier's done a great job, so we're going to continue like this. And Ian said, "Perhaps they don't need a coach. The players can can coach themselves." That can be a little bit dangerous because the coach is going to need to just make those those little changes. He's going to have to impose himself at some point because the team does need a coach, and. Uh, and he'll have to bring in probably some new faces, make some changes. So for the moment, deserved win. Things going, things going as well as can be expected. But uh, I think there could be some little uh, troubled waters ahead for Lil still to come before before the end of the transfer window and maybe at the start of the season. Yeah, and from a PSG perspective, uh, there's a stat doing the rounds at the moment. It's eight defeats for Pochettino. Now he's got the uh, 
the highest loss ratio of any uh, of any PSG manager um, in the Qatari era. But again, you know, I don't think we should be reading too much into what happened uh, in in Tel Aviv. In particular, we we, we are going to be seeing the new signings coming in, and uh, of course, the, the the likes of Mbappe and Neymar as well. Ian, we uh, we saw one new signing, an expensive, the one expensive recruit that PSG have made um, uh, this summer, Ashraf Hakimi, who's come in from from Inter. Uh, we saw a few minutes of Wijnaldum um, towards the end of the game, but uh, Hakimi looked good, didn't he? I mean, so uh, so strong and so quick on that right-hand side. Yeah, pretty much what we expected of him. Um, it was a, a difficult, rather hostile environment for him in, in particular. Um, for 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 various reasons, which are well documented in the uh, in the media, but he performed really really well. I mean, cut to come in like that. Okay, again, it's not perhaps the uh, the, the 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 game in which we really want to see him perform, which is going to be the Champions League when it comes around um, later uh, next month. But he was very very good, really promising. The sort of the sort of right back that PSG have been crying out for for quite some time, really. Um, on Wijnaldum, thought he had pretty good impact as well. He's not obviously not had a lot of time to to train with the squad, but you know PSG were rather inert in midfield. Um, <laughs> Icardi had all the movement of a constipated hippo. I thought he was uh, he was just didn't he just wasn't in the game again. Um, Wijnaldum comes in and, and gives a real spark from midfield. Did, did slip it through to to Icardi, who who was offside. Um, had a, had a had an opportunity later on as well. Did the did did the uh, the Dutch international? So he looked good. Certain promise there. Um, he's proven quality. Hakimi brilliant. And um, if Ramos and Donnarumma can provide the same sort of quality, which you know you would assume that they can. PSG have got themselves a very, very good quartet of summer signings. Yeah, just uh, in in defence of of Icardi, um, I wouldn't imagine a constipated hippo could have could have put that chance away in the, in, in the last couple of minutes when when Elden played him through. But he was a yard offside. Um, but yeah, but no, that's that his was, game, that, isn't that, it? That, that I mean, was that's, typical Icardi. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's his style. We know that. We know that when he doesn't score, he's going to get criticised. It's been the case throughout his career. And and when he does score, well, that's the that's the the clinical the clinical finisher that doesn't uh, necessarily take part in the build up. He also does, and this doesn't get seen. And fair enough, it doesn't get doesn't get reported because it's not the why a striker is there. But he does do a lot of work off the ball and and without the ball defensively as well. But he's there to 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 score goals. He didn't do it. Paris Saint Germain failed to do it. And but as a whole, I think they failed to. To create chances, I agree that I thought Wijnaldum looked good when he when he came into the game. I thought Hakimi looked good as well, but I would also say that. And Matt, you said maybe we shouldn't get judge Paris Saint Germain on what we saw last night. Yet, you know, there there are going to be changes and and things will players will return and things. I think it's it. I hope for Paris Saint Germain that that we shouldn't judge them on that performance and that things have to have to improve because otherwise it's it's it, it could be a a, a long, difficult campaign, but I'm sure that's not the case, and I'm sure we will see a a, a better Paris Saint Germain in weeks to come. And, and Rob, just quickly, what did you make of Arno Kalimwendo, the 19 year old forward who started the game on on the left wing? We saw a lot of him at Lens last season. He was on loan, and 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 he did well. What did you think of him last night? And do you think he should have uh, 
a, a role of some sorts this season. It's difficult to say, isn't it, Matt? I think I was very impressed with him last season at at Lens, and I've been quite impressed with him in the in the the build up games as well, where he's been playing in more often than not in a, in a wide position. He was involved in in a in a great goal for Icardi uh, in their last game against Sevilla in the in the warm up early in the second half, where he picked the ball up. Last night, I think it was a more more difficult. Uh, game for him but I think he's grown up a lot in the last 12 months it, does he have the quality to be able to to demand a place or or to become really an option for for Pochettino off the bench for Paris Saint-Germain this season maybe he has an eye for goal but he still has a lot of developing to do he's very young still um perhaps another season out on loan for for him to come we know that there are lots of youngsters knocking on the door at Paris Saint-Germain they won't all get their chance to play this season Kelly window is one possibly best placed we saw Dina Abimbe as well make uh, his competitive debut for Paris Saint-Germain in midfield yesterday and I think the same thing for him he had a good season at Dijon last year just as Kelly window did at Lens but whether they have can can really command a uh, a uh, a squad position at Paris Saint-Germain remains to be seen. Well, Robbie, it's been a decade or so that um, the uh, the LFP have been um, taking this fixture around the world. Um, we've seen it in China in recent years. We've seen the Trophée des Champions in, uh, in Montreal, in, in New York, in Libreville, Gabon. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, the turn of Israel uh, this weekend or last weekend, depending on... Uh, how you want to look at it. Um, Robbie, you had the, the pleasure of traveling to Tel Aviv. Tell us a little bit about what it was like and uh, what the atmosphere was like and, um, yeah, whether you would say it was a, a success. Okay. Um, I've traveled to a lot of these Trophée des Champions <laughs> in, in recent years with, with Paris Saint-Germain. I, I was in Montreal, in, in Austria. There was a game, Unai Emery's first ever competitive match in charge was in Klagenfurt. In, in in Austria, um, travelled to China as well. Uh, and I think the atmosphere was great. Um, I think it was up there with Montreal in terms of the fact that you're, you're in a foreign environment, an exotic, if you like, location for, for Ligue 1, but you also have a strong enough, whether it's a French cultural presence or a, a, a francophone community, there were lots of Paris Saint-Germain shirts. There were Marseille shirts um, for people there trying to just uh, live their rivalry a little bit in, in, in the stadium as well. There were Lille fans. I saw Lyon shirts. Um, so that was nice. And it reminded me a little bit of Montreal where we, where we had that Franco-Canadian community who came out and watched Paris Saint-Germain versus Lyon um, a few years ago now. The fact that the stadium was full was great as well. There was hype around the match. The, the locals um, were very disappointed that there was no Kylian Mbappe, no Neymar. Um, that's always a risk in this situation. We've, we've heard stories of these preseason tours as well in, in Korea where if certain stars didn't play or travel, the fans felt very, very disappointed. Um, so that, there was that element that people were upset that there was no Kylian Mbappe, but it's a risk you take in... in having these matches played so early in pre-season, especially when you have a, a Euro or a, a Copper America. 
Um, but overall, I think it was a success. I think the fans enjoyed it. There was a great atmosphere. It was great to be in a stadium with 30,000 fans after a year behind closed doors as well. Um, so overall, I think it was a, a good success, a, a good idea. And while I was there, I did catch up with a, a bunch of, of lads from Hapodium's Hapodium podcast, which is a, a local sports podcast, and they do a all sorts of things, and it was on a day where Israel won an Olympic gold medal as well, so they were very excited. I had a chat to them for Le Beau Jeu, and uh, you can have a listen to that now. So, Le Beau Jeu meets Hapodium. Here we are in Tel Aviv, and uh, thank you very much for welcoming me here and, and for, for having me. Uh, first question, I'd like each of you to introduce yourselves very quickly and tell me your, your first iconic memory of French football, very briefly, go. Well, I'm Oren uh, Josipovic. You're not going to like my, my moment because <laughs> in 1993, first moment I remember in football almost is when Israel beat France 3-2, unbelievable, and kicked you out, almost kicked you out, and then Bulgaria, I think, mm-hmm. kicked you out exactly. from they the World Cup the in 94. <laughs> so I'm sorry to remind the listeners of that moment, but we need to be truthful to this ourselves. This is what football is all about, yeah, rivalries yeah. and history. We will never have this win again, so... <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Live on the memory. Ori. Hi, Ori Uzan, ex-player and now uh, commentator. My fa- I, I... Yeah, I stole your moment. <laughs> My moment is better for you. Ah, yeah. 1986 World Cup, France-Platini against Brazil. Platini mm. scoring the game, missed the penalty, but uh, eventually winning penalties against Brazil. I was very sad that you lose to Germany in the semi-final, but this quarter-final, I think it's the first real memory game of World Cup that I have, strong uh, memory. I sit with my father. My father is uh, from Tunisia in original, but he's uh, pro-France, so mm-hmm. we were all pro-France, but uh, we wanted you to go all the way, but uh, this game is very... Uh, I remember it the most, and I there was, in 1996, the fight between Platini and Maradona. Mm-hmm. I was with Platini. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> semi-final. We'll save him. Save very him. good game yeah, against Brazil. Yeah, very absolutely. good game. Yeah, so, so hi, I'm Uri. I'm journalist and commentator as well. Uh, my iconic moment of uh, French football is 1998 World Cup final. But not Zidane's uh, header or goals, but uh, the moment that Laurent Blanc Kisses uh, Fabian Barthez's uh, head. You know, it's something that I remember as a kid, as, uh, as a gesture, something from the football language, which was very French, I think, and uh, very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I think the whole World Cup of 1998 is... That's interesting. It brings in all the mystic side yeah. of football as well and the things that aren't really rational. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we love it's, about, it's, about it's football It's also so very weird because France the national team but also the teams are a lot better than the Israeli teams but Israeli teams and Israeli national team had a lot of moments good moments yeah. against, the French. against the French maybe you did it on purpose to yeah. to make us feel better about ourselves and our football because also Paris Saint-Germain like they lost for uh, three Israeli yeah. teams like yeah. Yeah. Quite again I'm sorry yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> truth must be said <laughs> but so. was, it, was, it was before 2011 so exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. things have changed yeah. since then now it's well, changed, yes. well, now let's, hope. Yeah. let's hope today is another great moment for, yeah. for French and Israeli uh, Israeli football as well tonight's the Trophée des Champions Lille versus Paris Saint-Germain this time Lille are the champions Paris Saint-Germain the contenders if you like for this this cup tonight first of all what does it mean to have this competition here in Tel Aviv yeah well personally I don't like when uh, when like uh, producers bring like friendly games 
to here and like uh, we had like the Barcelona Real Madrid game which which was nice but personally it's hard for me to be in a match when it doesn't really matter for the mm-hmm. teams so today it's a unique ex- unique experience because today it's a real match it's an important match it's on a trophy okay it may be not the, the title like the league title but it's it's a trophy that uh, you know more than yeah, me I yeah, guess absolutely Lille wants to win it PSG wants to win it so it will be nice for us for I think for the Israeli crowd to watch here like to watch a real game being played here like with meaning and that's why I, I like this moment I think the, like the fact that that it is for a trophy that it's an important match and that you have we know that the sides are not yet they're still in finishing preseason it's not going to be the the side that we saw in the Champions yeah. League or in the Europa League Lille last season who had a, a good Europa League campaign as well but but what are you expecting and Ori I, I come to you what are you expecting from from the quality of what we'll see here today I think the quality will not, we are in very first stages of preparation for all the teams not uh, full squads especially Paris Saint-Germain but I think the man that I want to see is Pochettino Mm-hmm. Because Pochettino was very good in Tottenham, don't win nothing. In Paris, he don't win the championship. He win the Cups, but he don't win the championship. So how he wants to team to play, maybe not with the players now, no Mbappé, no Ramos, no Donnarumma, but how he wants them to play, how he wants the 43, if he wants to press, I think he have a good chance today to show his tactics. So this is what I want to see. I think Paris is favorites by far, because Paris this make a great summer. Great summer. Some free transfers, some good transfer that they pay money. Mm-hmm. I think Ashraf Hakimi is mm-hmm. top, top yeah. uh, uh, transfer. So I want to see Pochettino because I think Pochettino, this is easier to make the step up from a coach that very likable, make great things with Tottenham to coach that take titles like uh, Pep, like uh, Mourinho, mm-hmm. like Klopp. I think uh, this is this year to, to make it. And this is this first step. The big target is, of course, the Champions League. Uri, yeah. for, to get a journalist's point of view on how is the Ligue 1 scene here in Israel? And we know that Paris Saint-Germain are obviously a high-profile club thanks to the Champions League. Last season was an incredible Ligue 1 campaign. Does that get, do people know that? Do they follow a little bit the, the French League and, yeah. and what Lille achieved last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, in the past decade, when a, when a team which is not PSG wins the title in Ligue 1, it's a, it's a big thing. It's something that people speak about. The league is broadcast here in Israel, and people know the league, follow the league. Um, you see everything you see here on the table for the listeners. We are sitting uh, along my my modest uh, uh, mini mini version of my collection of uh, <laughs> of magazines and uh, memorabilia of uh, French football. Uh, you know, French football and French league league was always the league of talents. Uh, if you wanted to see the stars of tomorrow in the Champions League, in in the Premier League, in the World Cup, you want to see Liga, uh, whether it was Lyon, whether it was uh, Marseille, uh, even Rennes and other teams that produces the players because of the connections of France to Africa and everything. And I think that uh, Trophée de Champions in the past decade is traveling in places of, uh, you know, with a big population of Francophone and, Fra- and French-speaking uh, countries uh, like Canada, like uh, Morocco, Tunisia. So it's fantastic because in Israel, and we have here uh, July and August, Tel Aviv is becoming uh, Petit France. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's, a, it's a catchy combination and it's a fantastic thing for us. You know, with all due respect to us, we, uh, you see us, we live from football, we live the game 
but uh, we are not a big football nation like France. So when is, there is a chance to bring such an event to here, it's a, it's a blessing. Now this this will air after the the match has been played mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow and this week in in France. But I'll put you all on the spot. What do we expect from tonight's game? Uh, it's a little bit nasty from me. And also, do we expect many Lille supporters? Because Paris Saint Germain had a, uh, the fan club was there out the front of the hotel when the team arrived last night. It was great to see that atmosphere as well. And what you're talking about the French community mm-hmm. here in Tel Aviv as well. But but what do we expect? A little a little prediction for tonight. You mean like the What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, I think the atmosphere will be great. That yeah. I can, you can air that because I will be right. <laughs> and uh, I think Paris will uh, beat Lille 2-1. Two to one. Okay. Close. Yeah, last season, <coughs> Paris didn't score against Lille in no. two league games. Yeah. Uh, but it was different. Now they have new coach, Govanek, and uh, all the main players, some of them was in the Euro, don't come mm-hmm. in top shape, and uh, some of them uh, leave. I think Paris... Even though they don't, they come with a missing squad. They will win three zero. I think they want it more. They need it mm-hmm. more, especially the coach, like I yeah. told you before. Yeah. So they go all the way. And also, I think they have very home atmosphere here. Yeah, that's because true. they are the yeah. biggest team. They are the team uh, that it's easy to, like you say, the Champions League team that mm. the Israeli fans, you know, the regular fans know. So they have a home crowd here, and they win three zero. Um, and if they don't, don't uh, no, erase everything they say, it all. cut it off. Yeah. Wrong, so it's okay. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> the opposite. I'm, I'm always yeah. wrong predicting. I'm Good for Lille. Good Lille. We Good support us, you. Yes. Good Lille. Go Lille. I'm saying that uh, PSG will win, uh, but uh, not an easy win. It's going to be an interesting match. I think the, the atmosphere will uh, will rise up to the to the players' abilities. 3-2. And I hope uh, to see Idrissa Gay scoring the, the winning goal. Yeah. I love this player. Okay, yeah. Also the weather. Player. Yeah, but yeah. The you, listen, the... you, you, you listen after the fact, but uh, it's gonna be hot. Exactly. Oh, it was hot. If you listen now, it, yeah. no, it, it will hot. be. It will be hot tonight. <laughs> it was hot when the game was moist, played, especially no, no. Moist. moist. Yeah, they will uh, yeah. sweat a lot. Yes, yeah. they will lose some, is lose very some high. kilograms. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. The coach will be happy about that as well. See? Get the players, that's why get we came to Tel Aviv. I know. Tell him if he come with a shirt, you know, with buttons to put under something. Yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, it's never a good look. Not a white. Not a white shirt. Local experience. I like it. Just listen to us. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Well, great stuff, uh, Robbie and uh, and Robbie's friends. Uh, great to hear so much, uh, so much enthusiasm. Even if the uh, the predictions uh, didn't quite uh, hit the spot in the end, but uh, we're going to look forward now. We're going to look forward to the uh, the weekend. Just before we uh, talk about all the new managers uh, in the dugouts and 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 give our predictions, uh, we're going to hit you with our first deja vu of uh, of the new season um for our new listeners this is uh, um a little uh, a little game you have to try to guess which player which former player or current player we are we are talking about either way it's somebody who has played in league and if you think you know the answer you can get in touch with us here at le Bourge, um using our email league one podcast at gmail.com or using the hashtag Le Bourge on Twitter. So here we go. It's time for Deja Who. I'm one of the finest, trickiest players my African country has ever produced. I made my name in wine country, picking up a Ligue 1 title before turning a lot of suitors green with envy at my next club. Having been linked to a number of top sides, I apparently wasn't sad 
to leave Europe for the Middle East. But I did return briefly and unsuccessfully to Ligue 1, but not to France. So there you have it. That's the conundrum that has been concocted by Ian Holyman. If you think you know the answer, email us uh, at uh, Le Bourgeois. That's a very Ligue tough one. Podcast. Tough? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think so. I think it is. It's, it's, it's weird for me because I read the answer. Like Obviously, not. I don't read it out loud, but in my head, I read the answer first, and I think, oh, it's easy. But yeah, if you don't know the answer, it's probably a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, League One Podcast at gmail.com. That's our email. Um, if you think you know the answer, get in touch. If you just want to give us uh, a little bit of feedback or if you've got a question or if you want to make a, a point about League One Uber Eats and the upcoming season, we welcome all of your feedback. Um, yeah, I mentioned this managerial merry-go-round. I've uh, just totted up this morning. 11 new coaches uh, in the dugouts out of, uh, out of 20 League One clubs. They're not all new faces because Christophe Galtier is not a new face, but uh, he is starting at a new club. So I'm just going to run through the list very quickly. And then I want Robbie and Ian to, to, to give me, maybe pick one that they think is really fascinating and, and will do really well. So Jocelyn Gorvenek to Lille, of course. Christophe Galtier has joined Nice. Peter Boss, the uh, Dutch trainer, has joined Olympique Lyonnais. Uh, we've got Olivier Daloglio, who's left Brest and gone to Montpellier. We've got Michel Desacarian, who has left Montpellier and gone to Brest. That's a pretty interesting one. Uh, Julien Stéphane uh, has joined Strasbourg, replacing uh, our friend Thierry Lure. Uh, Oscar Garcia, who Saint-Étienne fans may remember, had a brief stint there. He has gone to Reims. Gérald Batic, former uh, assistant coach at Lyon, has taken over at Angers after 10 years of Stefan Muller. Vladimir Petkovic, who uh, dumped Les Bleus out of the Euros as manager of the Swiss national team. He's joined Bordeaux. And the other two uh, new faces, Laurent Batlas, who is in charge of promoted Trois, and Pascal Gastion, in charge of promoted Clermont. And if you just throw in the fact that Jorge Sampaoli and Bruno Genesio are also fairly new, it's all change, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating scenario. Um, what are your thoughts, Ian? And uh, is there one in particular that you find uh, interesting? There is. Well, there's many that I find interesting. I, I really like Peter Boss. Um, I've interviewed him a couple of times. I really liked his the way that he, he played at Leverkusen. It was extremely exciting. He's absolutely a coach who wants his side on the front foot. It's almost like he preferred to lose 5-4 than win 1-0. I'm sure he preferred to win 5-4, but... He's he's going to be a real breath of fresh air. The one that I'm particularly interested in is um, is Vladimir Petkovic. Now, I I actually interviewed him uh, in Russia about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, I've did talked... he mention anything about he his did, he did he didn't he didn't <laughs> un, uh, unfortunately. Was he drinking a glass of uh, of red wine or no? no, no there no were no clues. clues. There were no clues whatsoever. <laughs> and and at, and at that stage, actually, there was no whispers anywhere that he was even thinking about changing. I mean, he had a contract through to the end of 2022, which would have been the World Cup. And given that Switzerland performed pretty well um, at, the, at, the, at the Euro, you'd have thought that he would have carried on. He'd been there for seven years. Um, but it looks like an opportunity that he, he couldn't turn down. Now, I know David uh, Crossan in particular is 
is a, a big fan of, of Luka Elsner and, and how he turned himself out in, in terms of his style. Vladimir Petkovic is always impeccably turned out. I mean, I, I, I don't know who I don't know who does the man's uh, the, the dress. You know, so he, he must have a a, a, a a bunch of wardrobe advisors. I don't know. The guy is incredibly stylish. I had to say, every time I've interviewed him, I've been I've just felt like you know. <laughs> significantly, significantly less of a man, I have to say, because he's he's such a he's such a handsome a handsome chap. Um, but it's for me, it's particularly interesting, not just his vestimentary uh, choices, but and he's been he's been Switzerland coach for seven years. Particularly, he's been particularly successful. It has to be said, wasn't hugely successful as a coach. I think won a Coppa Italia with Lazio. At club level, I want to say, um, but let's see how he does at Bordeaux. He doesn't speak French. I mean, he he understands it, but um, he prefers to communicate in Italian. When I spoke to him, it was always in German. Um, so I don't know how much of a of a, a barrier that is going to be. It's it's never easy if you are if you're going to try and communicate your ideas via an interpreter. Of course, with Switzerland, you've already got three languages within the squad. And generally, I heard all three of them, Italian, French, and German, whenever they were training. Um, he does have somebody like Loris Benito, who's uh, who's still there, I believe, hasn't, hasn't been yet culled um, by Bordeaux, who were in, of course, desperate financial straits themselves. That's going to be that's going to be one to watch. Can yeah, Petkovic that, turn that round from an into being an international manager to being a very successful club manager and at Bordeaux, which is not by no means the easiest place to go. No, no, and that yeah, when you mentioned Benito and uh, and the situation at Bordeaux, I mean it's going to be hugely complex. There's talk that they want to get seven or eight players in in the next couple of weeks. There's um, also the the assumption that that they're going to have to offload. A good number as well so yeah i mean he he's he's got to work very quickly i mean you know they've got to identify these players he's got to effectively mold a new team and the season is starting in in, in a few days so that, i mean that is going to be that's going to be really interesting and it, it's been a bit of a poison chalice for the coaches in in recent years bordeaux including um, jocelyn Gorvenek. Even. including Gorvenek, yeah. Yeah, yeah one, yeah. one well, my only comment really and it's about Vladimir Petkovic, and I don't know if you guys agree, is how much does he look like Kent Brockman, the news anchorman from The Simpsons? <laughs> For me, it's every time I see him, I cannot separate the two. It's it's astonishing. Maybe it's just me, but uh, yeah, I think it's just. I don't, I don't spitting, know The Simpsons as well image. as you guys, but yeah, the fact that Ian is chuckling suggests that you probably hit a nail on on the head there, Rob. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you in a sec. I I, I just for my um, you know two pence worth. I, I I think it's really interesting. I think there's a mix of what we what what particularly I like to complain about the fact that there's this closed circle of coaches in France and it's kind of just like um, you know they they switch from one to another a little bit like Des Zakarian and and Dalolio have, have done just interchanging between between Montpellier and Brest. Um, Julian Stefan, Galtier, Gorvenek. Obviously, Stefan is a, is, a, is a bit younger, but they're all kind of, you know, from the French school. But we've got some very interesting foreign managers coming in. And um, 
I'm I'm like Ian, very excited by Peter Boss at, at, at Leon. I think it's a very bold appointment. And I think Boss and Sam Pauli, they're, they're they're both very very brave managers. They like to play attacking football, and I think having two guys like that in charge of Leon and Marseille is going to be absolutely fascinating. And hopefully for Ligue 1, um, you know, it's not just a matter of going out and getting a foreign manager, but getting foreign managers who have uh, you know learned their trade at uh, at Ajax have. have you know, come from a, a very sort of uh, established attacking football school. Hopefully, it will it will help to raise the bar in terms of uh, quality. Uh, Robbie, are, th- are there any names that are particularly uh, catching your eye among the new coaches? Matt, I remember very well your coup de gueule uh, concerning French coaching merry-go-rounds last season. I think it was last season, wasn't it? Pretty when, much uh, every maybe season. Maybe when yeah. Bruno Genesio, yeah, got got the nod at Rennes. And uh, Delalio to Montpellier and Dezakarian to Brest must have you must have woken up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, thinking, "My God, they're they're just taking the Mickey out of me," because that's just a, an absolute classic. Um, look, I'm not I'm not sure whether I'm excited about it, but I'm very curious to see um, how Laurent Batless goes because there we're talking about, and it's not a foreign coach so much, but it's a young coach. He, I mean. We were we were commentating league when Lauren Batless was was still playing, um, a, a, an excellent footballer, and uh, it looks from what he achieved at Trois last year as though he's managing to translate that onto the football pitch as well. Um, fingers crossed that that he he is part of this new generation of, of French coach that helps bring um, a new style to 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 modernise the French game. I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes at Trois. Uh, Similar vein, but to a lesser extent, maybe Gérald Baticle at Angers, just because he's got a, a vast, vast uh, portfolio of experience as the number two. Um, and it'll be interesting to see he, how he goes at number one with an Angers side that I was expecting to have a bit of a, 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 a playing squad revolution, which hasn't happened so far. It looks like it's the same guys going to go around one more time as well. So maybe not... Not that easy for him, but perhaps he'll surprise me as well. But yeah, very curious to see how Batless goes. Yeah, I would, I would second that. I mean, I, I didn't watch a lot of Ligue 2 la, uh, last season, but uh, I saw, I saw some of Trois, and uh, I've read a lot of good things about Batless. I think uh, he's got a lot of uh, bright ideas. I know that clubs were looking at him, and Trois were worried they were going to lose him this summer. Um, and Trois with the the uh, the deal. They now have. They're part of the City Football Group. They're they're getting some very talented young players in. Um, Laurent Batless has been a bit wary of that, and he's been saying, "Listen, you know, I'm 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 picking my best team. I I need experienced pros as as well as young players." But it could be a really interesting cocktail. And just a quick word, because I do like uh, Pascal Gastien, even though the Clermont manager is. Probably he probably belongs to the old school uh, French system. But what I like about him is that he absolutely worships Johan Cruyff, um, and Cruyff is his role model, and he's proven that by naming his son Johan. And Johan Gastien plays um, in the heart of the Clermont team and doesn't play like Johan Cruyff at all. He's a, he's a grafter in, in in the midfield, but. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing Trois and, and, yeah. and Claremont. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought that was fun. Clermont's I'm... first ever season, and they've always been a, a solid sort of league deux club, or in recent years anyway, and always been close to getting that 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 step up, that promotion to league one. So, so good for them, and and perhaps that's what they needed this father son combination. I think I think they'll be good actually. Again, from what I've read about them, I think they're a very sort of uh, you know solid. They're they're, they're not going to play. I don't think they're going to play innovative football like we might see at Troyes, um, but I think they'll be hard to beat. I, I think they could do a sort of uh, Angers or, or, or Reims type performance this season and finish finish mid table. We'll have to wait and see. Now you're listening to Le Beau Jeu. It is uh, effectively our preview podcast. We previewed the Trophée de Champion last week. This is the first one looking ahead to the Ligue 1 Uber each season. And uh, as ever, we like to. Um, take a few risks and make predictions. So uh, I'm going to throw this one to Ian Holyman. We've got a number of categories. Um, I'll tell you what they are. Top three. I want to, you know, in order, who's going to finish in the top three? Who's going to be the surprise package? Who's going to finish top scorer? Who will be considered the best signing? And which two teams will be relegated? So let's start off. With the way it's the big one, really, isn't it? The top three, Ian Holyman. What do you reckon? Yeah, you like you, you say people like to take risks. I'm going to go for Saint Etienne, Angers, and Reims. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, that that would have been a good shout in the seventies, Ian. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, pretty, pretty predictable, isn't it? Um, Paris Saint Germain champions can't see them letting it slip again, um, especially with the players that they've brought in. I though will go for Monaco. As runners up, they were brilliant in the second half of last season. Slightly concerned that they've let Jovetic go because if something happens to Ben Yedder or uh, to Folland, then they don't really have a fallback. And I thought Jovetic was brilliant in in that role uh, last season. But I'm still going to go for them finishing second, and then I'm going to go for Leon finishing third. I think Boss will absolutely boss it, and uh, Leon will swashbuckle their way to, to third place and get themselves back into the Champions League. So no no Lille? No Lille in the top three, Ian? No, I think, I think that the Champions League is going to just way too heavy on them. And the fact that, as you said, they're, they're already down to sort of their best 11 almost, aren't they? And they're going to lose probably a couple more of those players. Um, yeah. Some of them could be really key players as well. So I can't see this the, the the squad strength being being enough to see them through both the Champions League, albeit the fact that they'll probably get knocked out in the group stage after just six games. But I still I think that the the first half of the season will be a real battle for them, a real battle. Maybe they'll be able to pick up one or two loan signings in January if they're fortunate. Um, but I can't see them finishing in the top three again. Fair enough, um, Robbie. I'm not going to ask. You, uh, who you think will will finish first? Who do you think goodness. will finish second? Se- who who will finish second and third, Rob? Uh, can I go for for second, third, and fourth? Then can I still get three picks? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I my brain tells me that I have to probably go with Monaco as well. I'm sorry that for the listeners that that's not uh, very interesting after Ian's prediction, but Monaco for me on the strength of what we saw last season, I don't think Jovetic is really that bigger loss even though I saw him score a very nice goal uh, against Liverpool last week as well in a, in a pre-season friendly but um, 
No, I think they're, they're, they will be very hard to beat. I think we could have a real surprise for third place. If, if as the French would say, if your mayonnaise takes uh, quickly, <laughs> I think we could have a, a Nice. Uh, it would have to take quickly. But uh, a Nice or even a Montpellier, if things go well, um, could surprise up to third place. I think there's going to be surprises this season. I think uh, given everything that happened last year, given, I mean, given the changes, the, the coaching changes in so many clubs, I think some clubs are going to find it difficult. Um, and I think we could have a real surprise uh, in that third place. And Robbie, just to be clear, you're, you're, you're going for Lille, yeah, to, to retain the title? <laughs> <laughs> no, you said I wasn't. I didn't have to say anything about that. So no, I, if, and, I, and I would hate to put the mocker on anyone. Maybe I'll have the commentators curse, and they'll do really well. I think Lil uh, uh, could really struggle. Did you say we were going to predict uh, uh, relegations or flops? Yeah. Or I'm not. I'm not going to relegation for Lil. Not by a long shot. But I, yeah, just confirming. Uh, I keeping, think, yeah. I'm keeping my gun, my powder dry. The, the race for the for the top five this season is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. With, yeah, Nice. I mean, Nice are, are going to be a force, you would think. And Christophe Galtier just seems to have the Midas touch, doesn't he? And uh, Ren. Yeah, also, Ren. I think I think buying well, Suleimana on on one wing, Doku on on the other. I mean, this could be Doku's season. Uh, he he certainly improved. As last season went on, he's still very young. We we saw him in the Euros. And there's Marseille um, and Lyon as well. I mean, you're well, talking yeah, about Lyon. There's Marseille as well. And, and you know, Lens were very good last year. Could they build again or will they have a, a second season blues? But Strasbourg with the Julien Stefan, I mean, there's... Look, it's it's for me, it's for sure there's going to be surprises. Well, I mean, Mar- Marseille and Lyon, maybe it's a bit of an exaggeration to say this, but... You know they have to finish in the top three, really. I mean, you know that they're, they're every everything they are kind of banking on in terms, especially Marseille. You know they've gone out and bought eight players. They're going to buy a couple more, and uh, uh, they're, they're, so they're, is that your they're top build, three then, Matt? They're building more for the short time. So I know everybody is waiting <laughs> for my top three. Um, bearing in mind that this time last season I said Marseille would win the league and <laughs> Dario Benedetto would be top scorer. Okay, so I'm going more serious this time. Um, <laughs> you were serious, Matt. Come on. Uh, I was being serious, yeah. But don't forget, they just finished second on the VS Boas. So I was getting a bit carried away, as I tend to, um, with, with with the euphoria of all of that. But um, listen, I'm I, I, somebody has to be different. Pochettino does have the uh, the worst um, record so far as a PSG manager in terms of defeat. So look, I'm 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 going to go for Monaco to win the league. Two years in a row that PSG don't win the league, which you know, which would be pretty astonishing, particularly considering uh, the players that, that they're bringing in. Of course, the the fights that Navas and Donnarumma are going to have on the pitch when Pochettino subs Navas after a terrible blunder. Um, that you know, that's going to cast a big shadow over their season. But it didn't, Monaco... it didn't affect Checker and and Thiago Jallo uh, last night. Those two were, fight, were fighting. They? Yeah, they had a big fight on the pitch uh, in in a friendly, and they've been both yeah. been suspended for next week's yeah. opening match of the season. Astonishingly, but you know they they were they came to blows in a in a friendly match, and that's uh, amazing. Yeah, and uh, they've been suspended by the championship because it was a friendly played on French soil against French opposition. Uh, I think that was the rule, and yes. uh, so therefore the the disciplinary tribunal can take 
action and they've suspended both players for the opening game. I think they play mess in their in their their away to mess on on Sunday without their hero from the Trophée des Champions. Monaco then, Robbie, Monaco to win the league. Uh, I think Nico Kovac has done an unbelievable job in his in his first season. Um I think uh, my compatriot uh Mitchell uh is it Paul Mitchell the uh, the, yeah. the the sporting director is doing a doing a really good job and they haven't been eye-catching in the transfer window as of yet, but what is so important is that they've lost nobody. They've got the best young player in 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 Liga, uh, in Chiuamani, voted best young player last last year. I think his partnership with Fofana in in the middle of the park is brilliant. Uh, Badia Shield and and Diop are, are impressive. They brought in Nubels. Hope mm. I pronounced that right. Um, Nubel. Ian. Yeah. Nubel yeah, and that's a that's from, a big one for Munich. them. That that is yeah. big. Yeah, yeah I, I think Leconte. I, I think Leconte is is okay as a goalkeeper, but I do think they need an upgrade, and I think Nubel will mm-hmm. will be that. I I'm excited um, by Myron Boadu. Hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Dutch international, just 20 years of age. So many uh, young Dutch players coming to Liga. Three of them going to Nice, but uh, Nice wanted Boadu, and uh, and Monaco have got him. 15 goals for Azad Alkmaar um, in the Eredivisie last year. So look. You know, Monaco were the best team in 2021 uh, in the second half of, of last season. So why not? Why not go on and uh, win the title? So, yeah, Monaco, I'm being a bit long-winded here. Monaco, <laughs> PSG, and then, my goodness me, it's so hard, isn't it? I've jotted down Nice, Red, Marseille, Lyon, and obviously I'm going to have to go for for Marseille with the, the combative, uh, uh, fiery Matteo Genduzzi. Um uh, helping them, helping them over the line and back into the Champions League. And I tell you what, if they keep Milik as well, you know they've got, a, and it does look like they're keeping him. Um, they've got a proper number nine, haven't they? And, yeah. and that's something Marseille have lacked for quite some time. Surprise packages, uh, Ian, you're good at this. Surprise packages. Um, uh, certainly, if you're going for Santa Tim to win the league, then maybe PSG will be your surprise package. But no, what? <laughs> what, do, what, do, what do you reckon? I'm glad I'm glad we're doing this remotely, Matt, because my surprise package is going to be Marseille because they're not going to be completely useless. I think they're actually they actually might do all right this season. I, I'm going for them for fourth. Actually. You're talking you're talking about the most successful team in French football history, yeah, not being completely useless. Yeah, well, that's that's very questionable, but still, yeah, not question, not not completely useless this season. But actually, for for real outsiders, and I think I mentioned it on the pod last week, Strasbourg. I really like I really like Strasbourg's squad. They've got Gamero in, who's uh, who's going to get goals. He is going to get goals. Um, he's proven it everywhere. He he will. He's, he's coming back from Spain, and an even better player than when he left, albeit a bit older. But he's going to provide a real cutting edge, uh, a really lethal cutting edge to that to that front line. I think they've got a very good squad. I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish in fifth. Um, there you go. My surprise packages. Robbie Thompson. Surprise packet, Montpellier. If they are, well, they, they will be the surprise packet of league on this season. I, I called them pirates last season. <laughs> as, um, and now they have brought in the coach of the team that were officially the pirates. So uh, for me, that's a marriage made in, made, made in heaven. Um, no, Montpellier, I think, they're, I think they have, Plenty of ingredients. I know they have to absorb the the Hilton uh, Congre changes yeah. at the back, and that that is big. But if they can do that, they play 
They have swashbuckling players, and they they will play a swashbuckling style of football, and uh, and I like it, and I think they're gonna yeah. they're gonna impress. I was thinking about going Montpellier as well. I, I do think there's been this frustration with Montpellier because they do have they have a new stadium re- coming. They have big plans. They yeah. have, they're they're a club that are looking to go places, and uh, and this could be the start of something special. They they missed out on a couple of big signings as well. I know they wanted Benjamin Stombouli. They wanted uh, Eunice Belonda to come back, and and for the moment, anyway, that that yeah. that hasn't happened. But uh, they they're a well-run club. There and yep, that's why I'm no, going they, for them. Yeah, they, they they are. And my my frustration with them in recent times has been that Desikarian doesn't really let the shackles off, and uh, maybe Dalolio will do that and get them playing some really exciting free-flowing football because when you've got Savanier and, uh, and Mole playing behind a front three of, of Delors, Laborde and, and, and Mavadidi, you know, that can do real damage. But they've always played with five of the back and they've always had one yeah. eye on, um, you know, keeping things very, very tight. But it could go either way because, yeah, they're getting a more uh, attacking coach, but they're also losing two of their stalwarts um, in defence. So... You've gone for Montpellier as a surprise, so I won't. Um, mm, I'm just going through <laughs> my list now. Um, I think Troyes and Clermont will will stay up. I think they'll be okay, but I'm not going to go for either of them sort of to finish top half. Um, I've created a problem because I want to go for Nice, but as I haven't put Nice in my top three, I can't really, can I? Um Goodness me. Okay, no surprise packet for me. <laughs> a surprise packet, Clermont, top top, top 10, top 12, top 12 for Clermont. That would be a surprise, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I go. think, well, top 12 could be a surprise for a few clubs, actually. <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, at the, at the start of this season, there are a few clubs that would be very, very happy and relieved to finish uh, uh, from 17th and up. <laughs> relegating uh, I'm going for for. this is a bit sad what I'm going to say but I'm because I like both of these clubs but I worry for Stade de Reims and I worry for Angers um, Angers obviously 10 years with Stefan Moulin um, they've got a novice uh, coach in Gérald Baticle as far as you know head coach uh, is concerned and Oscar Garcia to Reims Reims have said they want to become more international they want to start being a bit more flamboyant, but you know they could lose their defensive stability. Uh, poor old Arba Zanelli got another serious injury yeah, this week. That's incredible, um, incredible bad yeah, luck for him. Really, really sad, really sad news. Um, and I, I worry about those two. Um, Ian, what about your relegation duo? Lorient. I don't think you can look much past them, unfortunately, because I've club I kind of have a soft spot for, and I think the Clermont. We'll go straight back down. Oh. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Good. Sadly, again, it would be nice to nice to have them around a little bit, but um, I can't see many teams that are going to be worse than them. So, I think that Clermont Lorient will be the two. Fair enough, Robbie. Hmm. I think I think uh, we could have some big guns that fall by the wayside this season. I think Bordeaux could be in. Big trouble. They've had a disastrous run, and I know we've just been talking about Petkovic and 
and if if he can do something, but I I always worry about national team coaches coming in as well. Bordeaux have had such a just a disastrous run of 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 coaching appointments of 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 transfers of players struggling of infighting on and off the pitch the supporters it's 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 just not a good look for Bordeaux at the moment and uh, and I don't know if Petkovic coming in can save them um, Nantes I think will be in big trouble again for many of the same reasons and look I think Saint Etienne blew so hot and cold last season that that there could be trouble there as well. So there you go, three of the most successful clubs in French footballing history. <laughs> well, thank you, Robbie, for not for not for not relegating Marseille along with them. But no, yeah, uncertain times for absolutely. For quite a lot, and this for quite is a lot of but this is modern football. Modern football. We're seeing monuments, um, institutions that are doing it really tough. And uh, and I fear for them. I hope. I hope. I hope that's wrong. I hope. But that's the case. Don't forget. Also, we're going down to eighteen clubs, aren't we? At the end of this this season, uh, not so, this season. not ne- next it's, season. It's, okay, at the end of the season it. after. Okay, yeah, I think we've just got two going down plus a plus a playoff again this season. Okay. Yeah, um, for the eighteenth place team. Um, so we're we're going over a little bit time wise. So we've still got top scorer, best signing, and revelation or or, or rising star. Um, I'm going to go top scorer. I'm going to go for a left, slightly left field choice, but I think this is going to be his year. Poor old, poor old Casper Dolberg. Um, I'm going to jinx him, but I, 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 no, I <laughs> was that a groan, Robbie? No, no. I know it's maybe fa- one. It's it's <laughs> maybe far fetched to think Dolberg's going to score more goals than Kylian Mbappe, but I do think he has. I'm getting a I'm getting a Benedetto feel about this as I say, but I do I do think he's got all the um, all the tools of of the modern day centre forward, and he had so many things go against him last year. He looked like a proper striker in in, in the Euros, and I just think with the the, the very exciting attacking players um, that that Nice are, are bringing in, the likes of Calvin Stengs and uh, Justin Cliver to. To provide a bit of ammunition, along with uh, who have they got? Alexi Claude Maurice and uh, obviously Amin Guiri. I mean, you know, it's 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 an exciting attacking line. And if Nice fire, I think Dolberg will fire. There you go. Yeah, that's definitely a Benedetto shout there, Matt. <laughs> Ian Dolberg's got no chance. Top <laughs> scorer then, Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> God bless. Thanks, thanks everyone. Let's go on. It's going to be Mbappe, surely. But if not. Somebody like Ben Yedda, but uh, it, it only sort of a, a serious injury. And I certainly don't wish that on him. It's going to stop Mbappe finishing top scorer next season, or a, or, or, a, or a transfer, or a transfer, unless he joins Marseille. <laughs> which, in which case, he will definitely not finish top scorer here yeah, for sure. <laughs> Robbie, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, if if he stays, it has to be Kylian Mbappe. I don't think there's any doubt. I think if he stays, he's going to. He's just so motivated, so ambitious, and and as long as he's in French football for for the next few seasons, I can't see anyone anyone beating him. I'm afraid, Matt. So I have to play a, a straight bat to that one. It's got to be Killian. But I'll I'll reserve uh, a, a little revelation coming up to keep things moving quickly. And there I'll go with a couple of extra outsiders for Golden Boot. 
Okay, well, don't, you know, absolutely no need to uh, to apologise, Robbie. I'm a big fan of of Kylian Mbappe's, and uh, yeah, good luck to him this season. Best signing. I'm I'm slowing down because I'm trying to think of who I'm going to go for best <laughs> for my best signing. Ian Holyman. That's what I'll do. I'll throw it to Ian. Best, oh, who, will, well. who will turn out to be the best signing this summer? You've actually, you've actually, you've actually mentioned him already. I think Alex Newbel at Monaco will be uh, a fabulous signing. I mean, if if Bayern Munich get him in as the successor to to Manuel Neuer, that, that's good enough for me, and probably should be good enough for pretty much everybody. He's on a he's on a couple of years of of loan at, at Monaco, while Neuer sort of sees out the rest of his glorious career at Bayern. He's going to be brilliant. Yeah, real. Much more solid, I think, than than Leconte will be. Um, I also think that uh, Calvin Stengs at uh, Nice is is one to watch. Yeah, he's I think good so far. Yeah, I think he'll be really exciting um, in what should be a pretty exciting young Nice side. So there's my two. I'm going one best signing Ashraf Hakimi. I think he's he just he's just awesome, and I think it's one of the the missing pieces to Paris Saint Germain's puzzle. Um, Hashraf Hakimi starts and finishes there. I'm going to go for another another missing piece of, of PSG's puzzle. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Wijnaldum, uh, who, I, yeah, I, I, I've always liked him as a player. In the Euros, I saw a player who was even better um, than I thought he was because he did he he did play uh, you know a more attacking role than the one that we were used to seeing from him at. at at uh, at Liverpool, but I do. I, I just think he's exactly the player PSG um, need in that midfield. Um, he'll add so much athleticism, so much steel, and you know he's also very, very good with the ball. Comes up with goals and uh, and, and assists. So uh, Wijnaldum on a free, I don't think I don't think you're going to do better than that. Um, but uh, that's just my opinion. Um, so we've done best signing now. Last one. It's always the interesting one, especially as Robbie Robbie just seems to know who's going to explode. Who is <laughs> going to be the revelation this season? Uh, start with Ian. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I have, it's a, I it's tough, to especially since yeah. the season hasn't started. That is really it is really tough. It I has think, to be I mean, someone who who we saw glimpses of last year. I think that well, it, that's that was the point I was going to to make to make Robbie and 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 Matt is kind of already stolen the thunder on this one too but I think Kasper Dorberg I mentioned it last week had a brilliant Euro I really liked him in the first season that he played in in Ligue 1 that got curtailed due to the pandemic um, just go back to the, the last game that Nice played in that season I think it was a derby victory against Monaco Dolberg scores an outrageous goal and it's it's not one of these outrageous goals where it's a bicycle kick or you know, smashes it into the top corner from 35 yards or whatever. It's a ball that comes into the near post and it's something that he tried in the Euro and it, and it got saved. Um, but he, he just sort of takes this, this almost all the momentum off the ball, but not quite at the front post and it just goes in past Leconte. It's just, it's just a brilliant finish. It's just absolute quality the real deft touch real delicate touch and i think like matt says he's got everything so he had a he had a good season in that that short season last season he had lots of injury problems covid problems as well coming in the, on the back of the euro i think dolberg could be could be a real star of of, of league even if 
he's not going to finish as the as the top scorer. <laughs> um, fair enough. So yeah, you sort of agree with me then about Casper, but yeah, no, fair enough that he won't Ag- get agrees, he won't but get doesn't as agree. many goals. Agrees as, and yeah. disagrees. Um, Mr. Thompson, what do you reckon? Okay. Um, okay. Eli Wai, Montpellier. If Montpellier are going to be a a, a a side that can impress, Eli Wai is uh, going to be one of the revelations of this season. Um, I thought he was fantastic coming off the bench uh, late last campaign. I think he scored maybe three goals all off the bench. Um, and he is definitely one to look out for. And the other, so he's only 18 years of age, Eli Wei or Eli Wei, Eli, I, I suspect, Eli Wei. Um, I really like him. I think he's a, a strong, hard-running, modern footballer, a little bit in the same sort of mm, bull idea mold, but even <laughs> with a little bit more more talent, I think. So he's one to look out for. And then Ibrahima Nyan. From Mess, mm. his season cut short just when he was ready to explode last season with a serious knee injury. He's big, he's strong, he's got an eye for goal. He's a, a class finisher. Um, he scored six goals in the first three games, four games last season before missing out on nearly the whole campaign. But he came back. He managed to play at the end of last season after a knee reconstruction. Um, so he too, if Mess can can feed him the ammunition. He will be uh, so. Those two, Wai and Nyan. You heard it here first. Okay, yeah, very, very interesting. I was hesitating a little bit. Ryan Shirky, I think, I think it could be his season. Uh, he's still only seventeen. Uh, started only five matches last season, but uh, I just think, yeah, Peter Boss. We know he he likes to go for it. He likes attacking football, and I think Shirky will get more chances. And I think he is uh, an enormous talent. Um, but I'm not going for him. I'm going to put my Marseille hat on. Um, and I was thinking Genduzi or Saliba, but I'm actually, I'm going slightly left of field. I'm going for Conrad de la Fuente. Mm. I love his name. And I, have have you seen this guy in, in preseason? I I've mean, seen the goal. Yeah. I've seen well, the, the touch, goal, the control. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I've also seen yeah, a little bit more than that. I've seen one of those terrible compilations that someone has done, <laughs> of, you know, everything he does in, in the game. But I mean, he is seriously, seriously fast and seriously skillful. And he could be really exciting. And it's great to have another another American player in, in Liga, along with uh, Timothy Ware. So, you know, and I've seen, maybe I shouldn't be judging players on, on YouTube compilations and comments on, on Twitter, but I've seen a bit of uh, grumbling at Barcelona. Why, why have we let this guy go? Um, there you go. Conrad de la Fuente, a, uh, a very pacey winger, and we'll, we'll know a lot more about this guy in the coming months. I agree with you that it is a great name. <laughs> <laughs> and there also there was also another great name. Unfortunately, it won't be, uh, it won't be playing in Ligue 1 this season at Trois player by the name of Stone Mambo has just been uh, headed off on loan to Orléans for this season in the in the third division but Stone Mambo would have been a fantastic addition to the 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 Ligue 1 lexicon of of names as well absolutely i mean we we you know we can go back to the days of Yaya Banana i mean he he was one of the best names that Ligue 1's ever known but look let's um get our focus back here uh, the Ligue 1 Uber Eats action. 
starts. It is round one coming up this weekend. And the great news is we're allowed to sort of travel. We're allowed to do, you know, do things. Of course, we're we're still being very careful here in France, but we are going to go on a bon voyage and we're going to um, to take in some Ligue 1 Uber Eats action uh, this weekend. Time for our bon voyage. So um, let's have a, a quick look at, at the big matches. It all starts at nine o'clock in the evening this Friday night down in the Principality. Monaco versus uh, Nantes. Lyon then in action against Brest on the Saturday. Trois versus PSG. What a first game for Trois back in the top flight. That's on uh, on Saturday night. Um, we have seven games on the Sunday. Champions Lille travel to Metz uh, at five o'clock. Uh, Montpellier versus Marseille is the Sunday night clash. Sunday games start a little bit earlier this season at uh, 20.45, not at, not at 9 p.m. local time. Um, Ian, any games um, taking your fancy? Well, after being rather starved of league and football for, for quite some time, all of them, Matt. But um, I live up in slightly rainy and cloudy Normandy uh, right now, so I fancy a bit of a, a bit of a trip down to the Stade Louis II to see how Monaco kick off the season against Nantes. As I've mentioned, Monaco, I think they'll finish definitely in the top three this season. I think they're going to be... Very good to watch as well. Um, lots of players that I really, really like, particularly Wissam Ben Yedder and Kevin Folland up front, who I thought formed a, a brilliant partnership last season. I'll definitely, I'd be heading there. Bit of sunshine and some top quality football. Yeah, you can't argue, can't argue with that. I think Monaco will be a, a good place to be, a good place to watch football this season. Uh, Robbie, uh, like uh, like Ian. Looking at the fixture list, it's just, I'm honestly excited and I could go anywhere. I'm really looking forward. I think there are so many fantastic stories right across the board. I think it's going to be so interesting um, to see how these first few weeks of the season unfold and, and whether we do have pretenders or, or contenders and, and, you know, so many, so many stories. There'll be nerves, there'll be excitement, um, but I'm going to head to a, a place dear to my heart, which is Troyes. Not because of not for so much for Troyes, but because for for Paris Saint Germain, uh, we recorded the biggest Paris Saint Germain recorded their biggest ever away win um, in Ligue 1 history. There on the day they secured the 2016 title, they defeated Troyes nine nil. Troyes have been up and down in their last three promotions. They've gone straight back down in 2012, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18. So. For them, and I've mentioned that I'm looking forward to seeing what Lauren Batles does, for them it's important from the outset to try and mark their territory and show that they're here to be uh, to be contenders this season, not just making up the numbers. So look, after we know that Paris Saint-Germain are struggling a little bit at the moment, that people are just coming back, that, that they've just lost their, their first Trophée des Champions in eight years, nine years now. So uh, look, I think that'll be an interesting contest. Yeah, and Trois, Robbie, is... Uh... Famously, the the birthplace of the Andouillette. So I won't you... be t- I won't be touching that. And I was yeah, going to it... I was going to say a little delicacy because they're also very well known because it's heading out Strasbourg Strasbourg way for um uh, I don't know how you say it in in English you know baby pigs on the spit but it's a bit sad really but it's, it's a delicious. bit yeah it's a bit sad it's, it's a bit it's sad, sad and, and delicious Andouillette <laughs> I I I had I haven't eaten one since I had one about. 
10 or 15 years ago and it was horrendous some but some of them are i ordered it by disgusting. mistake it, i saw sausage you don't know, and i thought okay. if you don't know what it is yeah look <laughs> it up it's all sorts of bits of intestines and yeah yeah um, give it a wide berth it, it's all it's all it's <laughs> they, all bits they can of intestines be nice, and stuff and of, it smells like it yeah that's the thing <laughs> some of them can be seriously smelly um but good to have trois back all the same uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go south uh like Ian, but I'm not going to go to, to Monaco. I'm going to go to Montpellier, um, who are playing Marseille on the on on the Sunday night. It should be absolutely fascinating. I mentioned Marseille bringing in eight new players. It's it's pretty much a whole new team. They're also trying to they're trying to take that to ten new players with Daniel Vass and Paul Lirola, um, perhaps signing Bubaka Camera, perhaps leaving. So there is still business to be done in Marseille, but I do. Uh, I do really want to watch Sam Pauli's team, and yeah, Dalolio starting at Montpellier should be a really, a really fascinating game. But as Ian and Robbie said, loads and loads to look forward to, um, and uh, we will all be looking forward to to to, to debriefing, to, to looking back uh, on the action when Le Bourgeois returns next Monday. But that is all for today from uh, from Ian Holyman. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure, and uh, it's time to say goodbye. We'll see you again next week. Enjoy round one of the Liga Nubrins action. Um, have a great week. All the very best. Bye-bye. 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 fantastic. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. A goal back. Oh, Benyera, beautifully done. Sensational.